What's kicking chickens? Welcome back to Can We Fix It? I'm your host, Maura Walsh, joined as always by my lovely and talented co-host, Jennifer the Vulpinator Douglas. How you doing, my love? I'm doing all right. Doing about better than I expected right about now. Right? I'm feeling good. Everything's everything's coming up, Millhouse. Um, so we took a week off last week because Jen was sick for a few days. Then I was sick for a few days. Um, and between the two of us, we just could not get our shit together, um, which is fine because that just means that we have content out the ass for you this week. So much stuff. So much stuff. Um, so last we speak, um, you were actually giving a plug for the sleep out. I was giving a yes because I had it was just starting that day when we were, were recording and um, now they're going on day 14 of the sleep out at the state house to highlight the plight of houselessness here in Rhode Island. And then we're heading over there after we're done recording tonight. It is now Monday, the 13th, and we're heading on over there for the six o'clock community hour. We're going to hear some music, talk to some friends and keep getting loud about the topic. Yeah, I... Um... I very much worry that the, what was it, like $400,000, uh, that they gave to Crossroads mm. um, was the governor's version of, like, washing his hands of the situation. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was amusing, obviously, in, like, a very dark and sad way when they said that they were going to hold an emergency uh, special session in January. Yes. When Um, session that's motherfucker, that's regular session. That's not, that is neither an emergency nor is it special. Otherwise known as session. Right. Like that was like such a dick. I'm just like, don't worry. We'll get right on this at the time that we were planning on reconvening anyway. She's like, I also thought, um, it was a really apt metaphor. Uh, the protest attended the tree lighting ceremony at the state house. Yeah. Um, to demand, you know, housing is a right and that no Rhode Islander freeze to death this winter, which seems like such a low bar when you say it out loud. It really like, does. What are they protesting? Well, they don't want anybody to freeze to death. Yeah, like, they don't want oh, their neighbors to die. Right. Oh, cool. Oh, so not like on some bullshit or whatever. Right. Just like, oh, cool. Solid, solid. Um, and when they asked McKee whether, you know, he heard the protest or, you know, what, what he had to say about the protest, he said, we didn't hear them at all. All we heard were the carolers. Mm-hmm. And if that's not a perfectly apt metaphor for what's actually happening here of just like, I'm following the updates on social media where every morning, um, Somebody reports that the wind ripped through their tents, Mm -hmm. that their tent was broken by the weather. Um, And luckily, we have this steady supply of people repairing tents and bringing new ones. And that's wonderful and helpful. But at the same time, our actually houseless neighbors don't have those luxuries. Right. When the wind rips through their tent, they have no motherfucking tent. Um, Not to mention, like... The horrible uh, trend of people who have homes um, destroying homeless encampments because right. so like obviously their show up, their parents never hug them the enough as a child, or they have really tiny dicks and they have to just like compensate for it in some right. other way. Like getting angry about things that don't affect them in the slightest, like having to look at 
somebody who is homeless. It always blows my mind when they're like, I don't want to have to look at that. And I'm like, cool. He has to live that. Yeah. Nobody chooses. My, uh, my son's father is very fucking Republican, like Trump voting Republican, not like normal fiscal conservative Republican. Like, right. Like, um, far out there. There <clears throat> right Republican. and every once in a while, my kid will come home and say some stuff that his father told him and I will have to just like unpack it very carefully. Um, and a few weeks ago, Malcolm told me that homeless people actually all have houses. The people who stand on corners and beg for change actually all have houses. Oh, I hate that one. And they're, you know, lying and saying that they don't. And of course he's seven. So he's just repeating what he's been told. Right. But we went through, we went through the math. I said, how many cars do you think give him a dollar? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's every car? Do you think it's one out of every 10 cars? Whatever. I go, okay, how long do you think it takes him to make $100? Um, I told him what mommy makes in a day. And uh, I said, now, are we rich? And he was like, no. And I was like, cool. So we're just going to use that as the metric. Like, how long would it take somebody to get to that amount of money? That would be from like eight in the morning till eight at night. Mm -hmm. I said, if you could just go get a job, why wouldn't you get a job? Who would willingly stand outside in the rain, in the snow, having everybody like look down on them and this, that, and the other. And like, by the end of it, any other option. And my son said, why don't they just get a job? I said, okay, if you were a business owner, would you hire them or would you hire me? And he goes, I would hire you or a regular person. And I went, exactly. And by the end of it, my seven-year-old was like, oh, no, they really, they really are homeless. I'm like, yeah, yeah. dude, like nobody fakes that. That would be, that's so much worse than a regular job. Exactly. Anybody would rather bag groceries right. than live that life. Like, yeah. but once you're houseless, your opportunities become less and less and less. What do you have to put on every job application, Jen? Oh, I don't know. You don't have an address. An address, a phone number. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to get in touch with somebody when they don't have a home or a phone. And I'm tired of these. Well, they might have a phone. Yeah, somebody maybe gave them a phone and they have a phone. Leave them alone. They have a phone. But they don't have a permanent address. They don't have a, an, anything that they can use to establish that they live somewhere. So... Any, at any rate, the crisis of homelessness, once you're homeless, it is nearly impossible to pull yourself out without help, government help, neighbor help, community help, just Mm -hmm. some kind of fucking help. Yeah. And there's no bootstrapping your way out of it. Seriously. And there've been so many years where we've been begging for affordable housing and adequate affordable housing while hundreds of fucking luxury condos sit empty because if yep. you build it, they will come. All those sweet, sweet yeah. tax incentives for them too. <clears throat> and instead of solving this problem before people became houseless, um, now we have this crisis where since COVID houselessness has like doubled. Right. Um, and, and now, and now it is a crisis. It's a much mm-hmm. bigger crisis than, than it, would have been if y'all had done your jobs when you had the fucking opportunity. We had this money for a year now. Yep. Like, what the fuck, fam? Use it. 
And let's talk about the fact that, yes, we've had this money for a year, use it. But even before that, it was a matter of priorities. It was always a matter of priorities. We could have fixed this a long time ago, but y'all chose to kick the can down the road every year for the past decade before you ever decided to address this, this situation. And this is what happens when you kick the can down the road for year after year after year, and you decide to give money to your friends and you decide to give fucking millions of dollars to a fucking chiropractor, but you won't throw any fucking money towards your neighbors who need homes. Shame on y'all. And I think that the thing that's very interesting is that they've done the math out and it would take 1% of the relief plan Mm -hmm. funds. Yep. 1%. Right. That's it. That's it. Um, And I was reading a tweet earlier today that was just like, how devastating is it to see that we have the money? We know what the solution is. Like advocates have told us exactly what to do. Yeah. And we're just refusing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that brings us to the thumbnail of today's episode, which is an amazingly timed photo of Senate President Ruggiero and Speaker Joe Shikarchi playing poker. At Twin River. At the Reeve. Mm-hmm. Playing poker at the Reeve while Rome burns. Yep. And it was literally like I said to one of the organizers at the oh, sleepout, yeah. that was like chef's kiss perfect. Yeah. Like you could not have paid for that kind of juxtaposition of what the actual leadership is doing mm-hmm. versus what a real leader is, is doing. doing. Which brings us to our friend and forever Stan, Cynthia Mandy's. Love you. Love you. Um, and what's dope is we can be unabashedly Cynthia stands because she is blowing her competition so far out of the water. Yeah. They're like, I don't even have to explain myself. If somebody's like, oh, who are you voting for? I'm like, Mendy's. And yep. they're like, nope, yep, yep. Get that. 100%. Feel that. Um, absolutely. The the podcast's Twitter tweeted out a photo of Cynthia sleeping outside in her tent and Senator Rubbers and Joe Shikarchi playing poker and was just like, who would you rather have? Right. Who's a leader? Who's who's a leader? Right. Who's a fucking leader? Exactly. That's a goddamn leader. Um and you could tell she's sleeping out there because she wears the same hat every day. It's oh, so yeah, goddamn no, cute. It's so cute. I've had people ask. I'm friends with a lot of bitter, cynical oh, assholes. Um, and I'm going to be real. As an organizer, I was deeply terrified on their behalf that it was just going to be like the two of them intense and it was going to look weird as shit. Yeah. Um, no, but there's people joining them every holy shit, single every night. day the photo gets... More tense, yeah. more tense, more tense. Every night they have a doctor out there. They have a yep. social worker out there. They have a homelessness advocate out there. Yep, there's faith leaders out there. Like, there's there's so many people out there, healthcare workers. When I saw Mehdi Hassan interviewing Cynthia, I fucking fangirled. I was like, <laughs> oh my God! Um, at my work, a couple of my colleagues were like, oh yeah, I'm going to the State House Monday night. And I was just like, oh, for Cynthia Mehdi's asleep out? Yay. Like it is, and obviously, like it wasn't me who mentioned it. You know, right. it was it's just everywhere. It's it's getting such incredible coverage, and I think it is such a fucking missed opportunity on the behalf of these two asshats. Yeah, 
that they are not working with them. Exactly. It would be so easy. It's not your budget money. You're it's, not, we're not even asking for true. the Rhode Island budget money. It's fucking extra. It's, it's extra true. money that you didn't even think was going to be there. And now it's there. Like, I just, this is such a no-brainer in a fucking election cycle. What are you dumbasses doing? What are you doing? And the thing is, too, you know, there's this, there's this, I don't know what the thought process is around it. Like, no one is doing this for their fucking health. No one is doing this. If you think anybody has slept outside for two weeks for their own fucking health and photo op, you're you're completely wrong. Cynthia's been involved with her church since she was a child. She's been feeding the homeless at her church every week since she was a teenager. She has spent time with our houseless community her entire life. And, you know, her her father was a minister. This is something that's ingrained in her. And this is something she was talking about a long time ago was, was something like this in order to highlight the the fact that we need to take care of our, our houseless communities. And, and the thing is, people are turning this somehow into an us against them thing. But I can tell you right now, if Ruggiero and McKee and Shikarchi and everybody else in the General Assembly wanted to come and sit down and show solidarity, they'd be welcomed there with open fucking arms. And all we would say is welcome. Oh, they're treating it like this is a quote co-op thing. I'm I'm assuming they they are. Um, that that's kind of some of the rumbles I hear. You know, I definitely you, you saw see a couple Twitter. of you yeah, see a couple yeah, of things on I know Twitter. exactly what you're talking about on Twitter. And you know what I'm talking about? Like people are saying you're just doing this. No, we're saying this because no one is listening. Nobody has listened for years. We have all of this money. You've had it for a really long time. Nobody seems to understand the fact that this is an urgent fucking matter. Kids Count came out with their own survey that shows that we have children. If it can't get into your heart somehow that there are, it is December. Christmas is coming. The holidays are here. If you can't fucking find it in your heart to feel something and understand that there are children without homes, living in their cars, trying to go to school, trying to have some kind of a normal fucking life, and you're at fucking Twin River playing poker when you have kids that can't go home and rest and can't do their homework and can't have a fucking menorah or a Christmas tree or celebrate one of the holidays that their families celebrate, you're you're a special kind of asshole. sad, sad. You're a special kind of asshole. You're a special kind of sad person. And honestly, I like to think that you're all better than that. And it would be really nice to see you there in some form of solidarity, in some form of helpfulness, and speak up and say, you know what? Maybe I don't like you guys. Maybe I don't like the co-op. Maybe you're my political opponent. But on this particular subject, maybe we're all get on the right side of it here. And that's all, really, that's all I have to say is shame on you. Because we would welcome you and we would welcome a conversation. We would welcome the help and nobody wants to help. I think that's one of the things that's most frustrating to me about a party that favors incumbency above all else is that I've been on both sides, right? I was an Mm -hmm. activist before I was a representative. 
and the difference between how I was treated as an activist and the how I was treated as a representative when my message remained exactly the same was insane to me. Mm. It was insane to me that once I had that title in front of my name, people who were ideologically opposed to me were willing to work with me on whatever issue where we would find common ground. But if you are not part of that insulated culture, <clears throat> if you are not one of them, mm -hmm. you become one of us. And so I don't even think it's so much that it's the progressive wing of the party versus the centrist wing of the party. I think it's the electeds versus everybody fucking else mm. because they hold themselves not to a higher standard. That would be actually fucking helpful right. if they held themselves to a higher standard. No, right. they're just as disgusting as the fucking general population, but they hold themselves in such high esteem <clears throat> That to even acknowledge the work of people outside of the state house is like, meh. Yeah. Meh. That's how I see it. Like, eh. It's, I could, they could organize the exact same event with the same number of people. Less. Less even. And they would consider themselves a great success. Right. But because it's Matt Brown, mm -hmm. he's not one of us. Yep. Cynthia Mendes is one of the only elected officials out there. True. And that's where you get the us versus them vibe. And honestly, I think that's significantly grosser than just an ideological divide. Mm -hmm. Is like, and it's not even necessarily class related because I was broke as shit. Yeah. But I was still considered part of the fucking because elite the, because I had representative elected. in front of my name. Mm -hmm. And I think that's grosser. Yeah. I think it's grosser that like people who when I was an activist would like turn up their fucking noses at me and just be like, ugh, I don't have time for you. Right. Once I was a rep would be like, oh my God, I know we don't agree on such and such, but let's co-sponsor a bill on XYZ. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, and it's just, no, oh, oh, that's all, all you care about. Mm -hmm. All you care about is the fucking title. And anybody who doesn't have one doesn't mean shit to you. Homeless people, listen up. All of you run for elected office. All of you immediately just like become city councilors exactly. and reps and senators. And there. then this this movement will really fucking yeah. go somewhere. And I'll be surprised how quickly we solve the problem. That's um, Kimberly Disculpe, who's the DSA co-chair, who I am such a fucking fangirl of. I love her so I, I much. I like her quite a lot. Um, her Quite Twitter, her Twitter is amazing. Oh, it's fire! Um, but she said something along the lines of like, "Everybody wants to speak for the voiceless until the voiceless are like, now nah, we good, we got it ourselves.'" Yeah. And then they're like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. no, 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 no." Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, you and I are going to be heading over there shortly as soon as we wrap on this. Yep. Um, and understand. What a big deal this is because, like, I decided that I was doing a one-year moratorium on all political events, period, end of sentence. I'm not coming to your fucking fundraiser. I'm not coming to your protest. Mm -hmm. I'm not coming to your sing-along. I'm not coming. Um, but this one, I mean, even I am not bitter enough to not, to not show roll up one. and show support for yep. children spending Christmas in their cars. It's kind of a no-brainer for me because I'm not 
the asshole. Right. And I wouldn't care who was holding this direct action. I would show up for them. You know, that's that's the thing that kills me. I don't... It, if it were Mike fucking Chippendale, we'd right. be there. I'd fucking go because I think it's really important. If it was fucking Anne fucking Armstrong, who was, who, you know, the queen of weed. Do we really think that she could successfully organize a protest no, this big? No, but should she be able to do that, I would show for it because yeah. it's a good cause. Yeah. And the fact that people can't admit it because of... Politics, politics is deeply tragic. It's very, very deeply troubling. fucking tragic, especially because all of these people are quote unquote Democrats mm-hmm. who are all about looking at Republicans and being like, you can't accept facts as facts. Yeah. And then they look at this and they're like, la, 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 I can't hear you. Like just deeply fucking tragic, deeply fucking tragic. Um, And one of the other reasons, I mean, I would have been a Cynthia Stan regardless, but one of the other reasons that I just straight up fucking adore this woman is um, she scored number one in Ryrek for civil liberties. Who's number one? She's number one um, with a score of eighty-eight out of a hundred. Tiara Mack was a close second. Kendra Anderson is in third. Sam Bell. The former champion yeah. has been relegated to fourth in Ryrig. She and is Sam. Honestly, I think this is a great thing. Um, I think this is like a really incredible thing that we are now fighting for who has the best senator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I know. in it's terms not- of their actual voting record, because as we've established, um, the Rye Rank system is pretty fucking dope. Um, after we did our deep dive into Rye Rank with Greg uh, Brailsford on, who runs the system and, and has created all the algorithms, there was some pretty serious um, like feedback, mm-hmm. uh, criticism about the way that he handled... Yeah, people didn't like uh, his methodology for leadership it. Leadership, specifically. Mm-hmm. It was that Senator Ruggiero and, Sen- uh, and Senator and Representative Shikarchi both had really high scores because they were only counted on their floor votes because they didn't have any committee assignments. Yeah. And one thing that I will say for Greg and for Uprise at large is that they take actual constructive criticism mm-hmm. very seriously um, and immediately started working uh, towards ways to to make it more fair. Yeah. I think as of right now, they just don't include leadership in the votes um, until they have a more accurate way to, uh, to tag it. But it's better than having it look like Rubbers, Ruggiero, and Joe Shikarchi are both like, the best, most impeccable um, examples of what you want right. in, in in a politician. Um, they are ranked like Shikarchi's here in Rye rank. He's number fifty-seven. Uh, oh, see, and here's Dominic. He's number twenty-eight out of thirty-seven. Yeah, but I know he did change his. The, I know he changed how he came. Uh, well, up obviously, there. because they were both in the top three in the last round. Right, exactly. This is much more reflective of what garbage human beings they are. <laughs> Nailed it, Greg. I think they started taking committee votes in too. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Cynthia Mendes, number one senator. 
for uh, for civil liberties, which is fucking awesome. Which is um, being proven right now. And then also, this is really fun because I every once in a while a rep will slip past you. Uh, a new, a new rapper, right? New somebody that you don't know, somebody that you don't know, and that you didn't really know was there. Um, <laughs> there's another Lima in the mix on the house side, who apparently so, gives Limas a good name. I know. Well, so Charlene Lima is like notoriously very conservative as a Democrat, and right. so when I saw what I thought was Charlene Lima in first place, I was like, did she have like a come to Jesus moment? Like what happened here? Or it's like, does Charlene spell her name with an S? Because there's a, there's a Lima. Char- Charlene with an S. Um, but no, it turns out it's a gentleman named Stephen Lima, who is the Woonsocket representative uh, who won the Democratic primary in this last election cycle. Who has a fucking ninety four yeah, really out of a hundred on civil liberties? Yeah. Which like more power to you, homie. It's interesting. I just I I do find this interesting. Like I don't live and die by rye rank because I I know obviously what goes into different motivations for different senators, but I love this thing. I just I love to. It just really it's such does a handy fucking you tool. You know what I mean? Good tool. To and, and if you're trying to be like an actually well-educated voter, which you all should be trying to do, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, like that's what this podcast is all about, is trying to get our listeners to be more well-rounded and engaged in the way that they view um, yep. their political system. And I think that this is one of many tools that you should be using. One of the other things that Rye rank, um, ranks every year is uh, transparency and openness. Mm -hmm. So it'll give you a list of what representatives and senators are most likely to respond to your calls. Yes, I love emails. Who has a website? Who goes on social media? Which ones hold town halls? Town halls is a big Um, one. So it's, it's, Again, it's it's part of a broader group of tools that we've introduced you to, tools mm-hmm. like Bill Tracker, um, Ballotpedia, yep. um, the Secretary of State's website, which is where you can change your voter registration and find out your polling places and things like that. And and RyRank are all part of a really healthy media diet mm-hmm. in terms of knowing what's going on um, up at the state house, because as we've established on many occasions. The only way that they get this really nefarious shit passed is when nobody's watching. Yeah, when people don't pay attention. And when you shine a light on mm-hmm. some of the ridiculous shit that they've been doing, um, they immediately table it. Right. They just, it goes away. It goes away. It's it's great. And that's why I love this too. It gives you it gives you an idea of what your senator or representative is up to. And if you don't like it, reach out to them. Start following them. Not like physically following them, like <laughs> on social media follow them. So sad I, that we have to clarify yes, that. You guys I, are I like to clarify fucking genies. Don't stalk your, stalk your reds. Like, don't do that. That's not cool. That's creepy. Um, but get in touch with them. Talk to them. Find out what makes them tick. Find out why they're voting the way they're voting. You know, you are allowed to nicely reach out to them and 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 think about it like this. You are your rep and senator's boss. Mm-hmm. You hire them. Right. Every two years you hire them. If you are a good boss, 
You would not hire somebody and then leave them unattended for two years. Yeah. That's not the end of your job, guys. That's the beginning of your fucking job. Yep. Um, and because we did top five on the Senate side, I think we should do top five on the House side. So number one, Stephen Lima. Number two, Chris Blasjewski. Uh, wait. Oh, okay. So there's a bunch of people tied for number two. <laughs> I was like, wait, number two. Oh, yeah, there's three number twos. Okay. So number two, Chris Blazewski, Brandon Potter, Joseph Solomon Jr. All tied for second place with a score of 93 out of 100. And cleaning up the top five is our first lady, Kathy Fogarty. Yep. Word up. Tied um, with June Speakman. Tied with June Speakman. Now, to be clear, this is a much tighter race because on the Senate side, the highest score we have is Cynthia Mendes with a score of 88. Mm-hmm. Um, on the rep side, Stephen Lima has 94. The three people in second place are tied for 93. Fogarty and Speakman are at 91. So you, by the time you get to spots seven through nine, that's where we start catching up with the highest ranked senator. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that anybody up until, you know, 88 or so is yeah. doing pretty good. Number nine on the... Uh, number, nine number nine on, on your rank rats. number. Yeah, very, just very interesting. Also... Um, not to like toot our own horn because I do realize that Uprise and Rye Rank and I and us are all, you know, intertwined. intertwined. Um, such a comfy, easy layout and so nice to be able to just scroll through and have like an actual idea cool. of um, of like how people voted. Um, yeah, we have like five people tied for number eight in the uh, in the Senate side. So there's like a, a lot of good chunks of people here. Yeah, it's. It's nice. I mean, I wish that we had had this as a tool um, earlier on in my rep career, mm. um, just because it would be nice to be able to compare old classes of reps and senators with right. the newer classes of reps and senators. Just to see how they've changed over the years. It if they feels right. More. And it just feels like we have more people competing for good values than yeah. we used to. I like it. I'd like you know, to mention that Elaine Morgan is still dead last. Yeah, well, and my Morgan is also nearly dead last. Yep, so, so Morgan's clean The Morgan twins! From the rear. The Morgan you. twins always, always Powers ready to debate form of garbage. <laughs> Just crap. Uh, Captain Planet, the power is yours! <laughs> Um, squander it as you wish. I don't know about your Morgan, but my house Morgan has just, it, she just takes on the weirdest fucking causes. Like all of the things that she cares about have like so little bearing <laughs> on um, what goes on in the real world. And it just, and again, like we were the ones who dropped the story that like she does not caucus with the Republicans anymore. Yeah. She's just she's, an island. She's all by herself. Like, how fucking crazy do you have to be to be too crazy for Justin Price? Yes. Like, you got to sit with that, B. Exactly. You got to sit with that and just be like, am I the asshole? Yeah. Because the answer is invariably yes. You are. You fucking lunatic. Total asshole. Like, I just, these people, these people have no concept of what actual 
voters care about. Mm -hmm. If they did, you know what they would be doing? Spending the fucking money. Spend the money. To get homeless kids out of cars and off the street. Dude, spend the money on us for once. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm nice. so glad that Dr. Pedro got his million dollars and that ILO and Chiefs for Change are just batting clean up on the rest of our fucking tax dollars. But could we, I don't know, this is just an idea. Could we maybe use our tax dollars on our taxpayers? Mm-hmm. We'd appreciate it. That would be like a fun, that'd be like a fun social experiment to see what society would look like mm -hmm. if you used tax dollars on the people who paid those tax dollars. Yeah. Because you know who's not paying those tax dollars? Brown University. Yeah. Amazon. PC. Like, get, just, come on, man. Let them fend for themselves. Brown has like 450 houses. I ain't got no houses. There Let me have one house. Yeah, exactly. A little one. I don't need a big one. There was one thing that bothered me, and actually maybe you can shed some light on this because I don't understand the lingo. And you do. You are you are a rep. So I mean, I can pretend to understand the lingo. All right. Well, just hear me out on this one because I am actually really curious. When Shikarchi and Ruggiero and McKee had their little press conference saying that they were allocating the money immediately after conversations with, they kept calling them the stakeholders. Who are the stakeholders of our federal money? I, I reading that, listening to that, I assumed we were the stakeholders. We are the ones who should be determining where that money goes. We've been pretty vocal about it. And I'm just curious what they meant by after discussions with our stakeholders. So in this context, what it should mean is the General Assembly. Mm -hmm. But we know that's not what happened because the General Assembly didn't get called back into session. Mm -hmm. Right? Because technically, we as the stakeholders, the constituencies, as part of a representative democracy, have relinquished our individual authority on these given issues to our, to our elected representatives and senators. Mm -hmm. Okay? So technically speaking, the stakeholders in that sentence should be the General Assembly. Right. But because the General Assembly never meant to discuss this, and the Assembly members came out and very clearly said, hi, what the fuck you mean, stakeholders? You never talked to us. Like, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? And, of course, by the Assembly, I mean the Republicans, because they're the only ones that ever, like, criticize us <laughs> or not up there. Um, what I'm assuming it then means, if it did not mean the General Assembly, it would mean the people that they're giving the money to. Mm. Got you. So we checked with our friends and we said, hey, do you want some of this money? And they said, yes. Those are the stakeholders now. Right. They hold the stakes. Yeah. And they're cooked medium rare. Is that not the steak that they meant? Is that a different kind of... They're probably eating a Twin River. They're fine. <gasps> um, so yeah, that would be when they say, if they, if they said stakeholders and deliberately excluded from that was the General mm -hmm. Assembly, yes, that would be the people that they are planning on giving the money to. Cool. I wasn't AKA trying to get a Chiefs for change. Land, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chiefs for change. AKA is like four, four more people from Chiefs for change are going to get like no bid state contracts for millions of fucking tax dollars. Yes, they're going to And be... despite how, no matter how poorly they do, we will renew those contracts without a second thought. A hundred percent. Go team. Um, you know, they're going to get put on like a committee to talk about homelessness and so homelessness. that has definitely been a thing because I work at a school now I was talking to my colleagues about how like I was around when the takeover 
first went down. Mm -hmm. And like we were talked to at length about the pros and cons of the takeover. And at the time, um, and I hate to sound all Iraq war about this, but like with the information that I had, (laughs) I maintain that I made a good decision. Like I thought that entrusting the same people who broke it to fix it was like not the best, not a great idea. Um, and, um, everything that we had heard about Angelica Infante Green was that she had done this on a much larger scale, um, in cities as big as New York, um, to great success. And it, again, it seemed like a real no brainer. Mm -hmm. Um, and then COVID happened and we all got sent home and who knows if that's the reason why she's been so piss poor at her job. Right. Um, well, I also, toe popping. Yeah. Well, and, about that. and I will also say that like, she was treated with an incredible amount of disrespect from the minute she fucking arrived. True. And I thought like, and I get that that's the Rhode Island way is we yeah, hate we it hate everybody. until you threaten to take it away. And then we fucking love it. And don't you goddamn dare. Uh, that's just who we are. Um, but I thought that the way that she was treated was like not setting us up for a great successful relationship with her. I don't know how much of her failures are because of that, how much of her failures are because of COVID or how much of her failures are just because she's not particularly good at her job. Right. I'm willing to give her the wiggle room of like, this was a weird set of circumstances. What she's, The job that she signed up for and mm-hmm. the job that she ended up with were not the, the same. same. Um, that being said, it is fucking insane to me that they extended her contract with no questions, with no reviews, with no conversations with the individual schools to see how they were faring. Um, And then in addition to extending her contract, added on another consulting firm, ILO, to consult on another Chiefs for Change hire to consult on the opening of the schools. And one of the things that we hear time and time again from public school teachers is that they do not have the fucking resources that they need to make things work. Mm -hmm. I work in a school that is very blessed to have everything that we need. We have air purifiers in every classroom. We have hand sanitizer and wipes and things like that. My son goes to public school and I had to provide that. Him. Right. I had to send my son with his own box of masks mm-hmm. and container of wipes yep. because we have established that we do not have the resources to give these kids the thing they need. And yet, when it comes to private contracts with zero fucking bids, we got nothing but fucking resources. Money out of us. Um, <laughs> um, we have nothing but resources. Right. We have millions of dollars for individuals. Mm-hmm. This is not even for systems. This is not for softwares. This is right. not for new fucking COVID protocols. This is for individuals to put in their pocket and take home. Mm-hmm. We have a fucking never ending supply of resources. But when it comes to face masks and air purifiers and fucking wet wipes, yep. these kids gonna bring their own shit in. My son has sat is sitting in a room with the window open yep. in December because that is their mitigation method. Yeah. For fucking COVID. Exactly. Just have them wear their winter coats inside. I don't know what to tell you, kids. Yep. Like, that's insane. That's insane. That is your governor at work. This man could have done nothing for the last 12 months and still 
been less of a piece of shit than he managed to be trying his level best. That is tragic, Dan. This is your A-game, dude? This is your fucking A-game? Like, this is you trying to sell yourself to the people of Rhode Island. And you know what the best compliment that you've gotten thus far is? He's decent. That is not the ringing endorsement that you should be getting when you're handed a budget surplus of $250 million, you dumbass. And it's just this big fucking circular motion of shoveling shit at problems over and over and over again. We have the houselessness problem and we have these kids that are, you know, living in cars. Then they're going to school and they're getting the coats that you donated so they can sit in a fucking classroom with their windows open. So, yay, it's good that we donated those coats to them. We all feel really fucking warm and fuzzy about that. Then they leave that school and they go back to the fucking car where, you know, they're fucking freezing all night long. Then the next day they get to go to school and wear that fucking coat that you donated to them to make yourselves fucking feel better while they sit in a freezing cold fucking classroom with the windows open. And the beat goes on. And it just never stops. You can't just keep donating the same fucking coat to these kids and expect to solve the fucking problem. Schrodinger's coat. <laughs> Schrodinger's coat. Uh, I well, don't like it. I, I don't either. And I think the reason that I don't like it is because all of the pieces are in place except the will to fix it. Right. Yep. The activists have done the work to organize and poll and check to make sure that, yes, the general public is okay with you spending money on mm-hmm. frozen children. Don't worry. It's not going to hurt your fucking polling numbers, guy. It might make you look good. The budget offices have come in and said 1%. That's all it would take is 1%. We have done all the fucking work for you. All you got to do is sign on the dotted line and take the credit. This should not be this hard, you colossally dumb fucks. Mm -hmm. On that note, (laughs) we are going to go ahead to the last... uh, last hour of the gathering at the state house um we love you be a good neighbor uh we are not gonna do a patron push this month because we are both single moms we recognize that it is the month of december Mm -hmm. and y'all have christmas gifts to buy yep we appreciate everybody who has donated thus far y'all are the real mvps we will see you again next week